yes, sir, 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 yes, No. We're live. No. Y'all are on. No, we're not. And this is balls. Disc. This is a sports podcast. Disc. Yes, welcome to Ball Sports Podcast. It's the podcast with balls about balls. Uh, we are. Bro, that's your... still that's. Oh my bad. Go ahead, bro. See, I never know when to start talking because y'all always say something before we get to it. So I never know when to start doing the introductions. You got that. You got that. Go ahead. Uh, so we are your hosts. I'm Buddha. This your boy Dylan. 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 Bitch. Wow. And you already know this is Dells, aka Big Facts in Full Effect. This nigga. Ben Nell's trying to Nell's trying to get him himself over so bad right now, bro. <laughs> this nigga added animal noises. What the uh, fuck? <laughs> oh man, listen. I've, I've been joking about this to myself, and I've been saying here, don't fuck around and let me get a soundboard, dog. Hey, keep joking with yourself about it, bro. For bro. real. <laughs> For real, bro. Keep making yourself laugh. I was about to say, mm-hmm. I was about to say, I'm fine with that, actually. That just adds to my happiness. I appreciate you guys worrying about my self-care. Um, but anyway, um, I just wanted to say that the translation, I was listening to that randomly um, during the week. And I just wanted to say that's still one of the funnier episodes. That's still one of our funnier intros. That dunk was hilarious. What episode is um, that? Shit, I don't know. Bitch, I gotta find it and send it to you. I never really know the the actual numbers of the episode. I just press play and go. Well, this episode is episode one thirty eight. Woo! I'm gonna find them though. There's like there's like four or five intros that I think are like our funniest intros, bro. That's definitely one of them. Cause you spent Dilly, you spent like at least fifteen seconds going S C S E. It's just oh good. That shit was <laughs> ridiculous. He, he was killing me. That episode that was ridiculous. Yo, that <laughs> then was there was also the episode. one where there was also the one where Dylan's just singing the whole fucking thing. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Niggas was on one. We got some we got some funny ones, bro. There's that one. Um there's the freaking one where you I don't know what was up with you, Buddha, but you had like three or four like dark jokes back to back to back. Oh, <laughs> and you were the only one laughing, <laughs> bro. You were dying, and Dylan, I just here like something wrong with you, Jit. My bad. And you were dying, bro. You sh- thought it was the funniest thing ever. It was easily the Sean Taylor episode. Bro, you are Yikes. right. Dog. It might have been. That might have been. That just, that, just, that just rung a bell in my head. I was like, oh, yeah, that might have been it. <laughs> Fuck. So Bro, that, we got some funny ass intros, dog. Like, I ain't going to lie to you, dog. Yikes. Um, how the y'all, dad how jokes y'all one was good, too. The dad, dad jokes, yeah. We big chilling, bit, bit quarantining. Are we good, man? We doing all right, man. We kind of hanging in there, bro. You know what I'm saying? Making it do what it do. Making it you, what did you? Dylan, Dylan, how how you feeling? I know you you was under the weather a couple of days ago. You you good oh, yeah. right now? I'm chilling. I've been taking CMOS pills and 
Drake got the Rona part two, bit. Remember, he had the Rona before. It just came yeah. back a second wave. I've been taking CMOS pills and drinking ginger tea. His Corona. Right. Um, <laughs> all right. Well, since you've been, you know, chilling, what, what you got cooked up for us? I hear you got something cooked up for us today. So today we're going to yeah, play. What? Nah, bro. I was, I was hitting. I was hitting that accent. Nah, bro. The accent. Doing? He he definitely he definitely was hitting you with that little background accent. Don't oh, hey let my dog slide, bro. Yeah. Hey, bro. Hey, hey. Why don't y'all shut y'all last up real quick? All right, thanks. All right, bet you got it. <laughs> so today we're gonna be playing. One's gotta go. I vote Dylan. Ha ha. It's a team tank high. He snapped. All right. All right, bet. Bye, y'all boys. <laughs> no, come back, buddy. Oh my god, no, you're my friend. Oh, he's just gonna sit in this moment? Alright, bet. Hello, alright, I'm back, y'all boys. Wow. Was not. I had to get off the phone real quick. But uh yeah, we're gonna play I don't recall. We're gonna play one's gotta go, the NFL edition. Since I know that's my favorite sport and all. So first round of one's gotta go. You have John Harbaugh, Mike Vrabel, Sean McVay, and Mike Tomlin. One's got to go. We talking about coaching like currently right now, or are we also including like legacy and what they've done? Bro, one's gotta go, Brad. Vrabel can go. Okay. You bugging. Vrabel can't go. Sean McVay can go. Sean McVay. I vote Sean so, McVay. So um, I would probably, I mean, it's definitely between McVay and Vrabel for me too. For sure. Um, I, I would probably be more closer to saying McVay got to go just because Vrabel is a better defensive mind. And I always felt like defensive minded coaches just tend to, be a, a little better, I guess, as far as the whole team concept's concerned. Um, so I probably say McVeigh's got to go. Very nice. Probably more likely than not. Well, very nice, very nice. Sean McVeigh, you're out of it. One's got to go. Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, Drew Brees. Wait, you said Breeze, Manning, who and who? Peyton, Breeze. Oh, Peyton, Breeze, Brady, Rodgers. Manning, Breeze, Brady, Rodgers. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess I, I guess I'd have to say Aaron Rodgers. Really? Yeah, me too. Because if I'm going, if I'm going based off of like accomplishments and everything like that, if one's got to go, technically I. Uh, I feel like it would have to be Rodgers. Yeah, bro. I agree. I almost went Peyton. Um, I almost went Peyton, but I didn't want to size that's him. A, that's, the, that's the best NFL mind ever, bro. That's why I didn't want to size I, him. I, like I, was leaning, <clears throat> I, was, I was leaning between Breeze and Rodgers um, because, you know, Breeze and Rodgers are kind of like, with the exception of the the statistics, they're kind of like the same, the same quarterback nigga. in terms of winning. <laughs> Because, I mean, Rodgers gave you that one Super Bowl run. <clears throat> Reese gave you that one Super Bowl run. 
And then they both have had teams that were supposed to make it to the Super Bowl, but they had deep playoff runs, but then ended up losing. Um, and 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 the thing is, is like what sucks is those losses that they've had, they're attributed to them, but it's tough to put them in that loss column, especially considering that you know. For the record, Breeze has had better defenses than Rodgers has had. To, mm. to if you want to be completely honest, um, yeah, and I feel a lot like of the time. Breeze. I feel like Breeze also has a. I also feel like Breeze has a better organization behind his back than the other quarterbacks. Because I'll be real with you, and and better coaching, way better coaching. (laughs) Well, yeah, well, you know, Brady Brady can't be competed with because he's got he's got Belichick. But in the same in the same context, though, I feel like Manning's organization let him go. His main one, which was the Colts, they let him go once he was injured. the Patriots were going. If it wasn't for Kraft, Brady would have been let go of three years ago. You should. Um, and um, Rodgers. I mean, for the record, Rodgers has never really gotten exactly what he's wanted. Yeah. Because even though Devontae Adams ended up becoming that premier wide receiver, nobody predicted Devontae Adams to be who he is right now. So but I don't want to hear no shit. Anybody got to tell me. But before he asked this time and time again, since he. Hey. Before he had Adams, he had he had Jordy, he had he had uh, Cobbs with Adams, like he had niggas. Yeah, but they never. But but at that same time, they had zero running game. I mean, damn. They had man. they they all they had to do was account for the pass. So now they have to account for the run heavy, which gives him the ability to get these one on one matchups. So I feel like he still has I, and, I, and I feel you when you're talking about Cobb and Jordy. I I like Cobb and I like Jordy. I think Jordy. After the team that he inherited, the Favre team, which was uh, Donald Driver and James Jones and who was the other guy? And Jennings. And then he had a decent running back behind him, too. I can't remember who the running back was at that time. But he had he had a decent running game. And he had that, that wonderful defense with Woodson. After that, I mean, as much as I love Jordy, as much as I love Cobb, and there was another receiver that was there, too, I didn't feel like he really had the help, right? He was always strong. He was always strong in one factor of his offense, but then there was always one gaping weakness, right? And, like, some people would be like, oh, well, Brady never had premier players either. I'm like, I feel you, but in the same context, though, even though Brady didn't have, like, big names, the offense was always solid all the way around. Right, and it, and it like, also helps he, in those moments. That's where coaching comes into play too, to put these guys in the in the best right, position to where he can right. make plays he, happen. Yeah, he was never really lacking, bro. Like I tell people all the time, like I know, like people love to shit on on um, James White. People love to shit on Burkhead. People love to shit on his older receivers, like when he had Dion Branch and when he had Patton and when he had like those guys. And then like he did have the Moss and Stallworth and and Welker years. But even after that fact, when it was like Edelman and and Dorsett and all these other guys, I was like, those guys are solid football players. Like, they've had long careers in the league because they're good football players. Like, Rex Burkhead is a good football player. Like, he's better than most. People love shitting on him, but I'm like, bro, he's got like three rings right now, effectively. And he's made a really good career for himself. He's got his pension. And he's balled out on other teams. Because remember, when he was with the Chargers, he was balling there too. So he's always had, like, Brady's always had a team that was solid. And he always had a, a really good, he had a great offensive line and had one of the greatest offensive line coaches ever in Skarneka, 
who's gone now. But, I mean, when you have a great O-line coach, you have a great defensive-minded coach that brings in good offensive help, and you have a solid team overall, no stars, but just a solid team, you're always in the running. I can't think of too many years where you looked at Rodgers' offense and was like, all right, bro, this team right here, this is solid. Every time they had one gaping hole that you could always take advantage of, and that was tough, and they didn't have no defense that could get them the ball back. So <clears throat> that's kind of like why I was leaning more towards Breeze because I was like, man, Breeze had a lot of help. I don't care what anybody says. I feel Breeze being the, the greatest in, in certain contexts, and he's got the statistics and blah, blah, blah. But I just want to—I want somebody to tell me a year that Breeze had a trash team. I mean, I, that's what I wait for every time. Tell me a year that Breeze didn't have an overabundance of offensive weapons. For sure. Hey, you can't think of a year. Yeah, both pass, huh? passing and rushing. Yeah, it's been. Yeah, bro, he's always had like we're talking about when before he before he left um, San Diego, he had young LT, he had young Antonio Gates. You know what I'm saying? Like, he had that good-ass offensive line. He got hurt. He almost went to the Dolphins, who at that time weren't slacking, but he ended up going to the Saints. And I can't think of a trash Saints team since then. Like, the Saints organization has been really good with picking up free agents. They've been really good with drafting. I've not seen – they're low-key one of the better organizations in the NFL, but they get no love. You know what I'm saying? Like, they make deep playoff runs. They've been to Super Bowls. They've won one. I mean, I I don't know. I I think – Eef, uh, mm. I, I might have to say Breeze got to go, dog. As, as much as it's crazy for me to say, because I, I love Breeze, but I'm taking I'm taking durability into a factor too. With me I feel like Rogers. if if Rogers had a good line, he would be durable. I feel his injuries, I, I his injuries came on some really fucked up hits. Like if you, they have like a YouTube video of like hits that Aaron Rodgers has taken. They're not his fault. Oh, he's got <laughs> fucked. Up, bro. Yeah. Like honestly, dog. Like I, I know he's an asshole, and he does have that whole passive aggressive thing going. But I'm like, bro, if you've had some of the lines that he's had too, bro. All right, we got two more. <laughs> we got two more. We got two more to go, y'all boys. All right, Next. let's go. And Rogers out of it. Next, Saquon Barkley, Derek Henry, mm. Alvin Kamara, Ezekiel Elliott. One's got to go. Um, I'm going to say Zeke can go. Interesting. Why? Um, and this isn't so much on the field related. For the same I feel like I feel like if I were to have these four guys on my team, the other three I feel like are going to give me less of a headache sure. off the field. For sure. Mm, that that is that is real right there. Like you sold me. And Zeke has the best I was leading... line in football. <clears throat> Damn, that's a good point. I'm gonna go Zeke too, Bill. He definitely has the best old line in football, and he a problem child, and he look like Emilio. <laughs> he do look like Emilio. <laughs> he really do, dog. That doesn't help him either. Don't. <laughs> well, Zeke, we didn't even have to discuss you that long. You're out of there. Last one. One's got to go. Buki. <laughs> DeAndre Hopkins. <laughs> Michael Thomas. Odell Beckham Jr. Julio Jones. Mm. 
Oh, you said Odell. it's. You said that it's D-Hop. Hopkins, Thomas, Odell, and Julio. Odell and Julio. Odell. I'm, I'm proud. So Julio is in the is in the tail end of his career. I think his injuries are catching up to him. But honestly, bro, I'll take another solid year or two from Julio than deal with like four or five years of bullshit from OBJ. Plus, I think OBJ is the most physically talented out of all of them. But it's just too much. It's too much off the field shit, man. Yeah, like, and you and you got to look at much. outside outside of his spectacular his spectacular uh, catch ability. Like, what has he really done in the NFL? Nothing. So I'll say I'll say this in 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 my this is my honest breakdown of of um, Odell Beckham Jr. I think that you give him a quarterback that's going to get the ball to him when he when he get, gets it in his space or like he's a real he's a lot more systematic of a player than people give him credit for i think because he makes these spectacular catches they expect him to be like this this like um what's the word i'm looking for i don't want to use playground cuz playground always comes with a negative connotation so i refuse to use it but they expect him to have this free flowing style of play Kind of like how um, Jarvis Landry is. Like, if you watch mm. Jarvis Landry play, Jarvis Landry is the type of player, like, I don't care what the route is. I can change up the route. You can throw the ball in any kind of particular circumstance. I'm going to make something slide. Let's just say hybrid. <clears throat> He's a different ability. He's just a hybrid player. Ooh. Right. And, and OBJ, OBJ is really... Yeah. yeah. OBJ, no, I think he's, I think he's systematic, bro. Because if you look at some of his best plays... He's gotten the ball right when you're supposed to on routes. Like, he takes slants. Like, when he was playing with Eli, and that's one thing I'll give Eli, even though Eli threw a lot of interceptions, I felt like Eli threw a lot of interceptions because Eli is the type of quarterback, I'm doing a three-step drop, I'm doing my read, the ball's going to be here, period. Like, I'm putting the ball here. Whether you're, you're there doing, or not. Yeah. yeah, if you're doing your job, that's that's what it is. If I throw 23 interceptions, cool, but I'm going to throw 35 touchdowns because I'm putting the ball where it's supposed to be. That's just what it is. I do my read. This is my read. This is the route. This route should be open. I let it go. Pick. Okay, bet. Like, let's try it again. Odell Beckham, when he caught the ball at the top of the route when he's supposed to get it, there's a 75% chance he's taking that bitch to the crib. Like, he's taking five-yard slants to the crib because yeah. the ball hits his hand. He knows, bam, like, my next job is to cut up the field. This is supposed to be here. I'm out of there. Yeah. However, with a quarterback like Baker Mayfield, Baker's not that kind of quarterback. Baker's like, <clears throat> I'm going to improvise. I love running to the right regardless. I want to extend the play. I don't think Odell Beckham's really that kind of guy to flourish in something like that. Odell is like, I'm running a post. I'm going to do my seven yards. I'm cutting in. By my fourth step, ball should be on me. Period. If I'm doing my comeback, I do my seven yards, I turn to my left, I'm cutting towards the sideline, ball should be on me. You know what I mean? So I do think that out of all of the receivers there, I do think that Odell is still underrated because I don't think people understand his style of play because of those spectacular plays he's made. But if you watch those spectacular plays that he's made, they were never like out of route plays. Right. Never. If he was double coverage and he caught a jump ball, he was still running his route. You people what I'm saying? So if you take the out of field, the out of field issues and we're just talking pure talent and what you bring what you can bring to the team, I let Julio go because 
Julio's kind of he's telling off a little bit whether whether people want to admit it or not it's not the same Julio but because we're including all that off field stuff like we did with Zeke I have to let go OBJ alright I let go OBJ yeah, you're, which hurts me because I think I think that man could be literally one of the goats if he can get his shit together. If well, that should have went to Cleveland. That was this episode's one's gotta go. Who did you vote for, Dylan? Oh, Odell, clear it. Huh? Odell got to clear it nicely. Oh, okay. Yeah, he said. So I, 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 I didn't, I didn't, I didn't hear that. My bad. Yeah, nicely got to clear it. It's not even close. Yeah, to bro. It's unfortunate too, cause I, I I think like I don't think I've ever in my lifetime I don't think we've ever in our lifetime seen very many athletes like Odell. Nah, we have. I mean that that's that's the shame that's the shame of it. Cause you got to think about it, bro. Like I'll send y'all a video later. There's like a video of Odell doing like amazing athletic feats effortlessly. Like, this man's hit a home run. He can play soccer. He can dunk a basketball. Like, he he just like. Yeah, he's one of those generational talents. But I feel like, as far as like receiving wise, I ain't gonna lie to you. I feel like skill wise as a receiver, I feel like the only thing he has over like a person like D Hop is I feel is. It's probably like his spectacular catching ability, which I still feel like D Hop. D Hop, D Hop, close still, though. Not gonna lie, because <laughs> I feel like it may be route running, but still, because he's like a little, he's he might be a little, he's a little quicker. Uh, but I feel like you know D Hop is just up there with him on everything else, and I think he's no more nobody is touching. I think he's nobody's good. touching DeAndre Hopkins' technique ever. Oh yeah, for real. Like his get off, his his, ever. his footwork. Ever like his his technique is one of the best I've ever seen. That's that's the one thing that'll always put D Hop over, and that's why I think he's gonna have one of the longest careers as a receiver ever because he's so technical. Not for sure. He, he's very. You don't get hurt very because he's so technical. Technical, <laughs> right? He doesn't get hurt because he's the type to know like, all right, I'm playing this. Rece- I'm playing against this defense. Like you can tell that he, although this is gonna be a try, but it's the truth. Hopkins knows the defenses. If you ever watch, like, when Hopkins knows that a defense is soft as far as hitting, he'll catch that slant and keep running and take some contact. But whenever he plays, like, a hard-hitting defense or whenever he plays a defense that he knows is going to bring him a lot of, like, damage or might cheat a little bit to try to hurt him, he'll catch that slant and he'll instantly take his two steps and be like, all right, all right, all right, all right, all right. First down, let's go. Mm-hmm. He's, he's, he's definitely, you can tell he watches film, bro. Because I watch how he plays teams like the Browns, the Patriots, the Chargers, and versus when he plays other teams like the Bears, the Lions, the Dolphins, the Colts. Like, there's just certain teams you know, like, okay, he plays this way. Like, he's still going to give you 100 yards. But oh, for sure. he plays this way against this team, and he plays this way against that team. Yeah. He just, he's, he's, he's a good, he's, he's goaded dog he's he's definitely he's up there dog for sure Facts. well appreciate that dylan no problem yeah that was a good that was a good little game bro that was that was awesome bro yes appreciate you for for bringing that bit dog you did that bit oh yes 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 all right so uh this weekend we have a a couple pay-per-views um 
I'll start with WWE real quick. We have the Money in the Bank pay-per-view. Um, I'm really excited because we it has been confirmed that the ladder match, the uh, you know the corporate ladder match where they're fighting you know through the whole corporate headquarters, it is pre-taped, so it is going to be one of those like cinematic style yes, matches. Um, it was also confirmed that both the men's and women's matches will happen simultaneously. Whoa, what the fuck? Why? So they're going to be around each other and shit? Yes. Oh, I, which hope, they, makes, I, hope, they, I hope they help each so, other and shit. So, so <laughs> if you think Shayna Baszler or Nia Jax is not fucking up some of these dudes... Oh, yeah. Shayna Baszler about to be... Oh! Bro, like, I'm really pumped with that because you could get these interactions that you would never normally you see. Get, you, about get, so, you about to get some new factions be made out of this. Plus... Yeah, plus it kind of makes sense considering you're going through the same exact building and to see it twice, it might kind of like, okay, I already saw this once. Do I really need to see this thing again? You know, it makes more of a spectacular thing. Plus, this card as of today, it's only six matches and two of those are both the Money in the Bank matches, which means this could be a very long match, which I'm excited for. You know, you have four four regular matches and then you have the two Money in the Bank matches that are happening at the same time. Sunday. Yes, sir. I'm in the on your watch. No, this weekend's going to be really good. Yeah. I'm very, very disappointed that I'm not going to be able to watch the UFC card. Yeah, we're going to. I was going to. Yeah, we're going to get there in a second. Um, Which sucks. And I yeah, mean, yeah I know we're going to get there. I just wanted to throw that in there also because it's going to be really good to have UFC and WWE back to back. Yes, sir. That's wins. Um, That's freaking awesome. So, and on, on Raw, they showed. Uh, like a quick little walkthrough of the the building of the corporate building where the ring is set up on the roof. It's a beautiful how they have it said they have a ring set up on the roof with the things hung. So like they'll have to fight all the way up there and then up on the roof is where they had the ladders and the ring set up and everything like that. Um, so it's a dope setup. Uh, it kind of walks through the different uh, floors and stuff. So you see like all the different like board conference rooms and cubicle areas and like a gym facility they have there and stuff so like that place is gonna get wrecked and i'm i'm here for it um so let's go ahead and do these picks um we have a smackdown tag team championship match uh it's a fatal four-way unfortunately the usos were supposed to be part of this but they are out for the next six to nine months um what one of the usos has a knee injury uh, wait, so wait, they, wait, 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 wait. Say that again? Say that last part? One of the Usos has a knee injury. What you said before that? Six to nine months? They were, spo- they were supposed to be part of it. They're out six to nine months. Damn. Yeah, so I don't know if it's so AC. It must so be the, like other one the other one can't do singles matches? I mean, he may do singles matches, but he's not going to be involved in, in this, in the, t- in the tag okay, team story. Okay, okay, I got you, I got you, I got you. Okay, okay. Yeah, so they may throw them out here, so we'll, we'll see what happens there. So it's uh, the New Day defending their titles against the Forgotten Sons. You guys might recall them from our NXT live show that we went to. The They're kind of like the motorcycle gang people. Yes, they I had, remember. I remember. We, were, yeah. we were clowning them for the dumb back tattoos. Okay. Uh, I remember. Yeah, so they've got called up to SmackDown. So New Day versus the Forgotten Sons versus Miz and Morrison versus uh, Lucha House Party. So I think the New Day just retains here. Yeah, I see them retaining. I, I I would have to agree with you there on that one, but uh, yes. Unless unless John Morrison goes and gets Johnny Mercury, then it will, then it will win. 
Nah, I don't see that happening. <laughs> Joey Mercury, whatever your name was. Joey Mercury. Joey Mercury. Yeah. Um, I think another one that's about to be a clear winner: SmackDown Women's Championship. Bailey is defending her title against Tamina. What the fuck? There's, yeah, there's no way. They're giving, <laughs> there's no way they're giving Tamina that at all. No way in this world is Tamina getting that belt. Yeah, I don't know about that there, Bill. <laughs> Why I'll are you laughing so hard? <laughs> Dylan, <laughs> Dylan, I'll take I'll take those laughs as you voting for uh, uh, Bailey. Hell uh, yeah, my boy. Cause what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> to me, this no for what? I guess they gotta give Bailey. Oh, that's so tough. Um, we have a universal championship match: Braun Strowman defending his title against Bray Wyatt, not the Fiend. So I have Braun winning this match to yeah. kick the can down the road for the eventual Braun versus Fiend. For sure. Definitely Braun. Brawny. Brawny boy. Brawny, if you lose, um, just retire, bro. Just go to AEW. Maybe right. Braun, Braun. Um, and what will probably be the best regular match of the night, the WWE Championship, Drew McIntyre defending his title against the Monday Night Messiah, Seth Rollins. Woo. Um I think it's gonna be a very good match, and it's fun. We that's going to be fun. Yeah, I think I think I'm gonna pick Drew to retain. Although I would not be shocked if somehow Seth Rollins gets the win here. Hmm. Even though Drew just I think won it's the title, be, I think it's gonna be a good. It's gonna be a good long match, but I feel like they're gonna allow McIntyre to get that win. To strengthen him, strengthen him up as a champion, but right. eventually they'll fight again, and Rollins will win it the second time around. Right. Mm-hmm. Dylan, I like I like her name, but I'm gonna go Gulak. Gulak? What are you talking about, Gulak? Who said Gulak? I thought you said Drew Gulak. Drew McIntyre. <laughs> Drew McIntyre. Oh. Gulak is not the WWE champion, dude. Drew McIntyre versus Seth Rollins. I swear I heard Gulak, man. <laughs> What the hell? Yeah, if you was about to pick a whole dude just off his name, bitch. Ain't it's it. a fine name, bitch. Gulak. Gulak. Okay, so who are you voting for? Who, who are you voting for now? Oh, the, the the Scotland the Scotland whatever the fuck he supposed to be from there. The Scottish psychopath? Okay. Yeah, that nigga. What I do want WWE to, to do more of in the future is have more frequent title changes in within a rivalry. You know, like that way, it's not so obvious that somebody's going to win. Like, you could have Drew lose it right here and then, like, win it back at the next. But, like, go through a period where, like, they're kind of exchanging the title amongst each other a couple times. They might as well. You know, before there's a definitive win. You know, they oh, kind of like what they did. You know, kinda, they don't want nobody to catch Triple H. Kind of like what they did with Triple H and uh, The Rock. Yeah. Yeah. And, like, the, mo- the most recently they did it was a few years back when uh, Sasha and Charlotte or kind H- of exchanged it a few times between there. Or Triple H and anybody. Right. <laughs> um, or Cena and anybody. Yeah, but Cena would. Cena would. He would lose it to the rivals and then get it right back when they. Uh... Facts. Yep. Um, the women's Money in the Bank match uh, we have. The, raw, the three from the Raw side is way better than the three from the SmackDown side. Uh, Asuka, Shayna Baszler, and Nia Jax. Nia Jax is um, Yeah. 
nice. and she is dominant. Um, she's been like beating the shit out of people. She's um, not, and then, not about to win no money in the bank, sweetheart. And then on the and then on the SmackDown side, Dana Brooke, Lacey Evans, and Carmella. Um, I think the most logical Actually, one here is Shayna Baszler winning this match. Yeah. But I could see Nia getting it though. Actually, I like. I I I could as well. Um, but I'm gonna I'm gonna vote Shayna. Uh, cause I think Shayna should have had her moment at WrestleMania and didn't. So I think her walking around with this briefcase would be like. It makes sense. You know, she, she Be- got, she Becky that, Becky would have to look over her shoulder. She got that walk too. I agree. Plus, what really upsets me and bothers me that WWE did was on Monday Night Raw they showed an advertisement for the next week on 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 Raw, you know, like their advertisements that they do or whatever ahead of time. And it was like, next week on Raw, Becky Lynch will confront whoever wins the Money in the Bank match. Well, it's like, well, that makes it obvious that like somebody from Raw is about to win that shit. Yeah, they're not. You know, they're unless not. they're unless they're gonna have somebody jumping brands, but like, I just don't. I mean, Why would th- Becky Lynch they, call out a SmackDown winner though? I mean, they you know? threw they threw three trash names into the shit for SmackDown. Outside of Lacey Evans, I'm starting to like her. Yeah, she's growing on me from an <laughs> in-ring perspective. She kind of her character needs to grow on me more, but I'm yeah. Like but who, who y'all voting for to win? I'm gonna go. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go Baszler. Okay, it's the what? only one that makes sense for storyline purposes, but. You never know what WWE is. I can actually see, see. They, they right. I can actually see Oscar because Oscar ain't get the title in a minute. Right. So, so what I think would be interesting here, and I haven't heard any speculation about this, but I think there's one glaring weakness in this match, and that's Dana Brooke. So I would not be shocked if, like you know, at the the start or whatever, when like they're outside before they go into the building. You know, uh, the officials say, okay, once you enter the building, the match starts. And then out of nowhere, all of a sudden, you know, (laughs) she gets beat up by Sasha. Mm. And, like, Sasha forces her way in that match. That would be lit. And wins that Type shit. Yeah, I would be totally here for that. Watch her not be in the match uh, at all. And then just come in at the end and pick that shit up off the... (laughs) Just, that happened. That happened last year with hey, Brock Lesnar. You see how you see, and it's always cinematic, right? Watch they be at the top fighting, yeah. and then they 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 go to the bottom floor, and she just walk. She's just looking up, and then she just walks, takes the elevator. She <laughs> just takes the elevator to the roof, and then gets, <laughs> right. and gets there. They all laid out. She's like, "Oh, bro, that, <laughs> that should be funny as fuck. That would be funny as fuck." I'm here for it. Um, and then on the men's side, uh, you have Daniel Bryan. Versus Alistair Black versus Rey Mysterio versus King Corbin versus Otis versus AJ Styles. So, damn, can you go to that lineup again one more time for me? Daniel Bryan, cool, 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 versus Alistair Black, cool, 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 versus Rey Mysterio, cool, 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 versus King Corbin, bet that up, versus Otis, bet that up, versus AJ Styles. So I got Alistair. Okay. I'm gonna give you my theory for why I think Alistair won't win. But I still got Alistair. I, I feel you. I'm going for AJ Styles because he. I don't see there being a reason for them 
to introduce him back to WWE programming on Monday Night Raw in a last chance gauntlet match to get into this match for him to just not win it. The man got buried alive by The Undertaker to come back, win a gauntlet match, and then just you can't, lose? You can, yes, you can't. I don't win. know. You can't win it all. You can't have I don't everyone. know about that. And I will say that Aleister Black winning, I don't see... I don't see it fitting his character walking around with a briefcase. That would be like the Undertaker walking around with a briefcase. It just doesn't fit. Maybe he doesn't walk around with a briefcase. I don't know, but going. I feel out, like you being, see how, you see how he's promos. Same way, yeah, you see how his promos are him in the suit in some dark area. Mm-hmm. I feel like that. Would, I feel like they could do promos where that would be the only place you'd see him with the suit with the suitcase. And then if he has a regular match, you don't. You just he comes out as just Alice the Black. If he has a regular match and it's not against a champion, I feel like he's not. The, he's just not gonna come out with the suitcase. But if he did like a promo, which he does a lot, I feel like him being mm-hmm. that the fact that he's always in the suit, it'd be perfect for him to do a promo and have the suitcase. And then you know when he does his matches, he doesn't bring the suitcase up until he's ready. And he's the type of person I feel like unless he turns heel. That can just okay. I feel that unless he turns heel, I feel that can can come in and just because I feel like Dallas of Black now would call a match out and be like, all right, I'm gonna face you, I'm gonna turn it, I'm gonna cash it in at this date, we gonna fight. But if you were to just say fuck it and just come in at the end of some shit, that would be cool too. But I could see him on some promo shit holding the suitcase. You just have to have him not hold it all the time like everybody else does because that wouldn't okay. That, wouldn't that makes sense. Weird. That makes sense. Yeah, I, I, that's one thing I just wouldn't want to see him walking to the ring every time he has a match with this briefcase. I just feel like that would take me out of his character. You no, know? for sure. For sure. But, okay, I could, I could get behind that. Yes. Who knows who you got? I'm still going to go AJ Styles for the record. I'm, I, I'm I, feel gonna, I was I was leaning towards Alistair, too, so that's that's where I'm going to stick with. I'm going I'm to stick with Mr. Black. I would love him to have it. That would be like, beautiful. I would love that because I've been waiting for that man to get a push. What, what title has he held in, in since he's been called up? He hasn't. That's crazy. Yeah. You can't even get um, one. Now, there is something interesting here, a little caveat. So that would mean that the winner would be from both Raw and SmackDown if Shayna wins and either Alistair or AJ wins. So... I don't know if that means somebody's going to be jumping brands potentially, or if that just means both winners are going to be on Raw and both Raw champions better watch out. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I would imagine Fox would want, you know, some like one of the winners to be on SmackDown. So that kind of, which gives me a little more reason, like, oh, maybe Sasha does get involved, you know, oh, and sure. wins it for the SmackDown. So who's, side. who's the or, SmackDown guys for Ray or Ray? Anybody trying to watch no Ray? Uh, Ray Mysterio. Oh no, it's not even Ray Mysterio. He's raw. Uh, Daniel Bryan, King Corbin, and Otis. So DB. So only Corbin. One that has a Corbin could. Corbin, Corbin could, could be an interesting. Yeah, Corbin that could be an interesting pick. Don't let him. Be especially because oh, yeah. that's perfect for him. Especially because you currently have a face champion, and even if eventually down the line. Uh, Bray Wyatt becomes champion again, you know, he can easily play that tweener role whether he's heel or face and, you know, Corbin can just be that mega oh, heel. Oh, shit. I hope it's Alistair because Alistair is a SmackDown talent. I don't care what a bitch say. He don't belong on Raw. I feel you. Alistair Black should be on SmackDown and I feel like he should win and then Bray should pull up on some let me in type shit come knock on his door. Oh, God. I don't know <laughs> if I'm ready for that yet. I feel like I, feel like I want that. I want to... I want that for WrestleMania. I need that to like wait. I need them to wait on that a little bit. If that's what they do, that needs to be like a long-term thing. Like 
wait on that. Don't don't do that yet. Unless it's gonna be a SummerSlam match. But I want that for WrestleMania. That needs to be a six month rivalry. (laughs) Yeah. That would be pretty dope. Gee, yeah. that's got to happen somewhere down the line. They, they, I'm sure they have that on their board somewhere their for hey, Eventually, have we have to get to this. Their yeah, eventually, we have to get to this. To he has to be saying, somebody knock at my door, and I got to hear, let me in. <laughs> like, in the, in the same 10 seconds. It has to happen. Facts. I, I completely agree with you. And, then if, and um, I'm not going to lie to you. If anybody were to beat The Fiend and I wouldn't be mad, Alistair Black would be one of those people. Right. Yeah. No. Exactly. I would no, not that, be mad that, that would be, at all. That would actually make for a great matchup, bro. The Fiend versus Alistair Black, because that would be like next level, like you know that whole like uh, uh, fifth dark, dimension type thing. That would be dope. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that'd be dope, bro. WWE needs to hire us, bro. Stop, Stop playing, playing. lame man niggas. I already all quit. Right. I sent in. I sent in my. Uh, my application and they laughed at me. They literally sent the application back with LOLs on it. <laughs> I was like, all right, bet. Like, you got that. Oh shit. Alright, so so that's uh so that's for money in the bank. Uh so we'll see what happens on Sunday. Um and then there's also a UFC pay per view on Saturday. Uh we're not gonna do picks for this. I just wanna just say what the card is real quick, because it is right. one of the most stacked cards. I've ever seen. Um, so just to highlight some of the matches, even on the prelims, you have uh, Uriah Hall versus Ronaldo Souza, uh, Alexi Olenek versus Fabricio Verdum, um, Anthony Pettis versus Cowboy Donald Cerrone, and then the main card, Greg Hardy uh, has his first main card on a major UFC pay-per-view. Greg Hardy versus Jorgen DeCastro. Uh, Jeremy Stevens versus Calvin Qatar. Um, heavyweight match, uh, Francis Ngannou versus Jair Rosenstruck, which those two guys are knockout artists, so that could be a very quick match. Uh, somebody could be put to sleep. Um, the co-main event is for the bantamweight title, uh, Henry Sejudo versus Dominic Cruz. And then the main event for the lightweight interim title is El Kukui, Tony Ferguson versus Justin uh, Gachi. Who both of those guys have tremendous power, submission ability. Like, like this card is is pretty nasty. Not gonna lie to you. So, Booty, you getting that uh, pay per view? I am absolutely getting that pay per view. Nice. I bet. Let's go half and half, bro. Let me get your login. I think you can only watch it on one screen, bro. <laughs> I'm on your watch. That's ridiculous. When is that? Pretty sure, pretty sure for a paper. It's on Saturday night. Starting eight eight o'clock is the prelims. Ten o'clock is the main card. Damn, we lit this weekend. Slide, Bill. What are you talking about? We'll be socially distant at the crib, Bill. You know, because we got to be responsible. Yeah, boys, let me how that. Let me know how the matches go. We'll we'll Facetime you in. You can you can watch it via Facetime, Bill. I could watch that bit via FaceTime though, real shit. Damn, ain't no more, ain't no more going to Air House watching the game, watching the fight. <laughs> no, Air House is closed, dude. Damn, yeah. Ain't no more Air House. That's alright. I'd yeah, rather watch. I'd rather watch the fights at my crib anyway, though, because then you can like hear everything, and it's it's not a lot. You're not spending a ton of money on food and shit and drinks. I don't That's know. Facts. I like. I like. That's I like facts. that little. I, I like that. I like that little aspect of Air House though. Being in there, and watching the niggas get knocked out. Everybody. Oh! Oh! That, that's true. That is. That is. True. <laughs> that should be hilarious. That's, that's valid. Niggas be that's going valid. off there. Um. 
so that's Saturday. And then um, there is one last thing I wanted to mention, and it's NFL related. Um, I was listening to an interview on the Rich Eisen show. He was talking to Michael Irvin um, about C.D. Lamb wearing 88 with the Cowboys. And, um, you know, they were like, you know, how do you feel about that? And Irv was saying how he typically reaches out to all the rookies um, ahead of time and says, hey, you know, welcome to the team. If you ever need anything, if you're ever going through something, trust me, I went through my fair share of shit when I was in Dallas. So if you ever need anything, just let me know. I got you. Um, he said before he could even reach out, C.D. Lamb contacted him about the number thing. And because I guess Jerry Jones wanted C.D. to wear 88, but C.D. wanted to wear number 10. Um, and he told he told Irv, you know, I want to wear 10, you know, because I feel like, you know, you made eight, you and Des made 88 so big and everything like that. And, you know, I want to do right by y'all and, and do my own thing. And Irv was like, listen, man, you could wear whatever number you want to wear. I personally don't care. Um, just know that when you meet with Jerry, he's very persuasive. And sure enough, CD's wearing 88. Uh, so, you know, Rich asked if you feel some type of way that the number 88 hasn't been retired in Dallas. And what I thought was a really interesting take that I really haven't heard a player talk about before was he was saying that he never wants his number retired because a lot of times with teams, when they retire a certain jersey number, that player is not talked about again until they die, unfortunately. So he was like, I want my roses now. So when you see the 88 on the field, if he makes this crazy catch, they'll say, oh, you know, just like Michael Irvin would have made. Or if he drops a pass, oh, Irv would have caught that type stuff. He's like, he's like, I want my flowers now. You're never going to stop talking about me because I wore that number. I was like, that's a real interesting, different take that I hadn't heard before. Well, that is an interesting take. But you know what's interesting, too? And it just shows you, like, the growth of the NFL over, like, time and stuff like that. Like, Irvin isn't even the original 88 for the Dallas Cowboys. Right. It's Drew Pearson. He gets no love. I mean, and should, Pearson, should, Pearson was really good. Is he better than Irvin? Um, <clears throat> not necessarily. Um, because I was going to say he's definitely in a different era where the ball wasn't thrown as much. But, I mean, he... He won a Super Bowl. He went to three Pro Bowls. He was a three-team, three-time All-Pro, maybe four, I believe. He's on the 1970s All-Decade team, and right. his stats is 489 receptions, 7,000 yards, and 48 touchdowns in 156 games. So he wasn't, for the 70s, he was not trash at all. It's just, you know, the 90s was a different era. And high key... I mean, Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. No, 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 no. You got it. Go ahead, bro. No, I was just going to say, because I know we're going to talk about the last dance here in a couple of minutes, but I did want to say, if they were to ever do some kind of documentary, multiple part documentary thing again, I would love to see one about the 90s Cowboys, because them boys was wild. Yeah, they definitely had they definitely had their, their stories, but see, the thing is, is I don't know. We'll talk about that with the last dance again. I don't know if we'll ever see a documentary like the last dance and right. I, and i'll explain i'll explain why after we're done like yeah yeah for sure for sure because i was watching it and i was paying attention to something i was like damn this might be the only time we see something to that nature but i mean irv definitely Irvin definitely has the crazy numbers i mean he has 750 receptions eleven thousand yards 65 receiving touchdowns um and he has less all pros than than pearson does um, he's been to more Pro Bowls. He's part of the Ring of Honor. I just feel like Drew Pierce. I feel like when we're talking about 88s for the Dallas Cowboys, 
Pearson still needs that conversation. It needs to be Pearson, Irving, Bryant, and I, CD. And I, 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 and I think CD's going to take off. I agree with you. I would just say the argument for Irving would be even outside of the Dallas Cowboys. If you think number 88, first thing that comes to a lot of people's minds is Irving. Oh, no, facts. No, 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 that's absolute facts. I'm not taking away from Irving yeah. at all. No, no, I'm just I giving more to Pearson. You yeah. know what I'm saying? So that 88 number is definitely real in, in Dallas. Is there any other franchise? Oh, yeah, but I guess, no, but I guess uh, uh, what I didn't know, too, that he also mentioned is um, the only players that are allowed to wear 88 in Dallas are players that were drafted by Dallas, that were, like, brought up in the Dallas way. So, like, you couldn't be a free agent coming there and wanting to wear 88. They wouldn't allow it. I didn't know that. Why is like, that such a I, – I need to do research and find out why that's such a – a number. I wonder if there's any other franchise that has like an association with a number like Dallas and the 88. 12. I don't know. That, yeah, that would be interesting to figure out. Big 12. 12 for who? 12 Big, who? Big Brady. Watch some. Watch nobody else wear that shit ever again. Well, yeah. So that See, wouldn't that's be. Uh, that's not. Yeah. That's that would be different. Yeah, we're talking about like just players wearing it. And 88 being like a thing. Like, like when it, you wear 88, you're supposed to be that guy. Right. That's an interesting concept, bro. I never, I always noticed it, but I never like cared to do that research. Like, yeah. why is that? That's so like hard? that's like back in the '90s. Like, if you wore like '81, you know, like for a team, like you you better be bringing it if you like '81 or '80 or one, something like that. You know, like there's that number that's like, all right, bet he about to be real. You're not gonna be no scrub out there wearing a particular number. CD want to be D Hop so bad. <laughs> oh, because he wanted to wear number ten. Fuck wrong with this man. What did well? What did he wear in college? Uh, like two. Uh, yeah, I think he wore okay. two. Man, want to be deep. But ten was already taken, I think, when he got there, though. Man, I think that's man want to be Hopkins so bad. I mean, <laughs> I would. Yeah, man, yeah. Not, that's not a bad player to strive to be, Bill. And it. Boy, want to be D Hop. I ain't trying to be D Hop while D Hop in the lead. <laughs> what you about to see that nigga? He's like, hey, bro, I'm wearing this because you out here with me, bro. Fuck that, pussy nigga. <laughs> <laughs> Dylan, you get so aggressive. <laughs> Dude, and it, I'm like, damn, bro, like, what's up with this man? Do that bro. shit when a nigga retired, bro. I hate that shit. Niggas in the league with you, bitch. Nigga, right there with you. You about to face that nigga on Sundays? You over here wearing the shit? Facts. Now, what else we got before we get down to the nitty gritty? Uh, I mean, oh, y'all didn't talk about um Earl Thomas, bitch ass nigga. Whoa, whoa! I've been told you, I've been told you he was a bitch. Been told you why he gotta be a bitch? How I, is he a bitch? I've been told y'all he was a bitch from when he was from when he was trying to retire. Because what did what did what what did he do that makes him a bitch though? I, in this in this situation, oh yeah, he's a bitch. You got you got a gun put to your head like a little hoe because he was in there butt naked with your brother. And the little thotty. Bitch nigga. Oh, multiple thotties. It was several women. Bitch niggas. Bitch niggas get guns put to their head by women. All the time. Real niggas don't get guns put to their heads by women. Because you're a real nigga. All them niggas. All the niggas in that book got, gun got put to your head. All them people in there. You almost got your head blown off. Bitch. All right. And then and then and then and then and then and then and then, and then, and then his and then his well y'all need to stop taking up for that man and then that fool ass little interview um you know these type of stuff happens all the time just keep praying for us um you know I wish it didn't get out but it got out you know 
these things happen. Come on, bro, stop. Stop. You sound stupid. You got caught cheating, and that's the best you could come up with. Just pray for us. I can see my kids again. Um, we're talking. You know, um, no, bitch, bitch, nigga. You gonna tell us how you really feel, or I already did. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, That's wild. Well, I don't really have anything else to say on the matter. <laughs> I mean, honestly, bro, like I just feel like I was talking to to Crystal about it earlier today. Shout out to my wife. Um, I just feel as though, you know, I don't think it should have got to a place where a gun should have been pulled out. But I feel her, and he need to do better. Come on, orgy, bro. Period you have a blank, wife, like, and you're having an orgy. Yeah, like that. You that is absolutely just unwelcomed in any atmosphere of life. Like that is just it's just not what you do. You know what I mean? And, and even if you were in a circumstance where that was allowed, you still don't do that. Hey, you know what? Hey, you know, she put like she put one of his tweets to the test when his ass was like, "I like to be challenged and under the gun because as a competitor, it's important for Facts. me to respond and impact the situation in a positive way." I got your gun, bitch. I got your under the gun. And she Man. and apparently she showed up with her homegirls too. Woo! Oh, that that must have been lit. I hope one of the girls got it on on video so we could see that bit. She fought up with the homegirls. <laughs> I can only imagine how crazy he probably looked in there when she walked up in there. Oh, baby, baby. Oh. Oh my goodness! That's oh, that's so. Do, do you think he even bothered saying it's not what it looks like? I'm like, not. I don't think he said. I don't think he said much of anything. <laughs> you stupid. Oh shit. So oh, before before we get into last dance, I just wanted to kind of bring a mention to something. Um, I just wanted to first and foremost, um, I wanted to say. Uh, Rest in peace to um, Ahmad um, Arbery. Um, yeah. And I mean, well, rest in peace to um, to uh, what's what's buddy's name? Sean Reed too. Um, even though Sean Reed's video is a little different from Ahmad's video, but I don't think either man deserved to to be shot the way that they did. Um, for those who are listening who haven't seen it, Ahmad um, Arbery, it looks like he was running. Um, mm-hmm. And. Although I don't know the background, he was jogging. Um, it looks like he's running, and well, yeah, he was jogging, but he was on a run, um, and he runs in front of this truck, and it looks like he gets tangled up with, uh, with, uh, with a boy, with a white boy, and he who was standing, shot. who was standing outside of the car as he was jo- when he was jogging to the car. The man's already standing outside of the car with a shotgun in hand. So when he sees that, he legit pull, busts a right to go around the other side of the car because he's like, oh, I'm not about to go towards this crazy white man with a shotgun. And then as he gets to the other side of the car, Buddy go, legit tries to shoot him. And one shot, the first shot goes off, and then that's when he goes and starts to tangle up with him, trying to get control of the shotgun because you're really not about to run away from them. They got a car and two guns. Right. You feel me? So that's it's true. so it's either you. F- it's an L either way. It's an L. So it's either you fight or you die. And regardless of the fact, he, he, he lost because... He wasn't going to be able to get away. Like, they legit parked the car up in front of him and waited for him to pull up on their ass. 
That's crazy. Like that was. And then with the with with the Sean Reed video, that was just a stupid um, ass dude that still shouldn't have got killed. Like it that. looked like it looked like he was red. He looked like he was running from the cops. Mm-hmm. And um, to be honest, they they this is the part that bothered me. Um, he was running, and I mean, for anybody who's listening to this, if you're of any marginalized group, I don't think it's smart for you to run from the cops ever. Because now, now you're just giving them the green light to do as they please. But they tased him, and they shot him about, like, 13 to 15 times. Um, and what, what was the the disgusting part, one of the cops was like, yeah, it looks like it's going to be a closed casket, homie. Yeah, and, that was terrible. kind of giggled. Yeah, they that, laughed that at like, that wow. shit. Yeah, they giggled. And, and then the, I guess, either the responding officer or the chief of police got on a news um, cast later on that day, not knowing that the live was, was uh, screen recorded, because they deleted the live off of his account. Because, um, I mean, naturally, they had access to his phone. Um, they deleted the, the video and the live and all footage, but then they said that he had a gun, and he shot at the cops first, and the cops shot back. But you're watching in the video, he's clearly, like, still on the run as he gets shot. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it, it's, it's, yeah, it's a scary situation. And, I mean, the reason why I bring this up is because you know, it's it's just a shame that you know, as a as a black man, like it's tough to be able to do just any regular activities nowadays without having to worry about yo, like, am I gonna be able to get in the house, or am I gonna be able to do this, or am I gonna be able to do that? That's why, like, when I run or do any kind of physical activity outside of my house, I always wear my coaching gear. I always wear my high school paraphernalia. So, like, if a cop drives by or if somebody has anything crazy to say, at least they know I coach their beloved. County high school, exactly. so, so they'll leave I don't you, have to worry about getting into mm-hmm. no no shit. Facts, and this so, is smart. You know, it's, it's, and that's still sad it's crazy, too, because it's like, what the fuck? I gotta do. I gotta. I have to dress up like a patriotic member of the city of, of the. <laughs> yeah, every like, every honest. school I've been to, every every school I've been to, like anytime I do any kind of thing, I always wear the school gear, so like they know, like all right, like I'm a teacher, I coach this, and third leave me alone. For real. Honestly, like the one time that I didn't run with my gear on, what felt uncomfortable, you know what I'm saying? And like, it's just, it was weird. Yeah, it is. Versus when I, when I do wear the gear, you know what I'm saying? I, I feel a little bit more, I guess, comfortable, I guess. Mm-hmm. I don't know. That shit so. was tough. It was. The, the videos are definitely hard to watch for sure. But I wanted to at least, you know, take that time to, you know, talk about some. Some uh, shout out to LeBron James speaking social up on awareness. It. Yeah, shout out to LeBron speaking up on it, and 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 no shout out to Jason Whitlock. What's his name? Whitlock. Lame Jason ass, Whitlock fat, for what he said. Fat boy. KFC man. I hope I hope LeBron I hope LeBron doesn't respond to him. I hope he goes on their show one day and just embar- and just makes him look like a clown. Buddha, did you hear about the tweets? Um, no, I did not. I hope he makes that man so look So LeBron... Go ahead. So LeBron put... LeBron put down, we're literally hunted every day. Every time we step foot outside the house in, in the comfort of our own homes. Can't even go for a damn job, man. Like, what the fuck, man? Are you kidding me? No, man, for real. Are you kidding me? I'm sorry, Ahmad. Rest in peace and my prayers and blessings to the heavens above to your family. Hashtag stay woke. Hashtag profile. Because we are simply black. And then some people kind of were like... A lot of people were leaving crazy comments. Like someone was like, "I'm pretty sure that you don't have to worry about that in the comfort or outside of the comfort of your own home. You live in like 
a fancy neighborhood in LA. Somebody put hashtag feeling racism. Somebody was like, follow the law, don't threaten the police, jog in your huge mansion. Good luck. P.S. America loves the national anthem. Make good choices. I was like, Ooh. what are y'all talking like, so about? People showing their ass, yeah, like, it was, bro. It was, it was crazy. People, it was crazy. People really just and showing so, their ass. Um, so um, Jason Whitlock says, this isn't helpful. It's Twitter trolling. It's using this man's tragedy to build a brand as that's more outspoken than Michael Jordan. There's all kinds of ways to draw attention to this tragedy. Suggesting that we are hunted every day, every time is just shit stirring. This nigga throw. This nigga just. Why do you bring Michael Jordan's name up? This man watched Last Dance one time. That's just ridiculous. He saw that one episode where they talk about Michael Jordan not doing what he was supposed to do, and all of a sudden you feel any? Oh shit! This is LeBron is clearly trying to. Trying to promote his brand over Michael's. What? You fat? Yeah, it, it's, what? It's kind of crazy. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't even want to give him that much attention. I just wanted to just mention that it, it's ridiculous what he said. I'm going to leave it at that. I don't want to give him more airtime. I don't know if you guys have more to add to it, but I'm, I'm good there. That's it. No, that's fucking, that's fucking dumb. That's it. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Fat boy. Um. So speaking on that, we can segue into the last dance and, you know, we, we can finally talk about the first... First half of episodes. What do you guys? How do you guys feel? What do you guys think? Man, they've bodied this. They have bodied this so far. I love the way they jump back and forth in time and stuff like that, just to kind of keep you interested and in, and you because you never know when they're going to talk about a certain thing. So like it keeps you engaged the whole time, and like I don't I've, I've for me. Because, obviously, you guys know, I really didn't start watching basketball until the past couple of years that we've been doing this podcast. Um, outside of every now and then, I'll tune in for the playoffs and the finals. Um, so, I didn't get a chance to watch Jordan play. You know, of course, I've seen highlights and stuff over the course of my life here and there. But I never really knew what was going on with that Bulls team and his story and everything like that. I just knew he was the GOAT. And to be able to see this shit, like, it's it's eye-opening. Um, to see not just him, but Scotty and and Rodman and, you know, just all the shit they went through with, with Phil and, you know, their GM and all that stuff. Like, it's it's been crazy. Like, I didn't, there's so much I just didn't know. Like, I didn't know he got his, his Air Jordan deal his rookie year. Like, I, it's crazy. All this shit, man. Yeah, man, it's it's definitely interesting. Um, I kind of wanted to to add more to this to send you guys to shoot you guys a possibility and tell me what you guys think of this. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to uh, read a short article for you guys, and when I read it, I definitely like it. It perked up my ears, and I definitely um gave the rocks eyebrow to this to this article because I was like, damn, I never even thought about this. So. It was in 1997 when a producer from NBA Entertainment, Andy Thompson, reached out to Adam Silver and executive Greg Winnick about making an all-access documentary following the 97-98 Bulls. Silver was the head of NBA Entertainment at the time and thought correctly that it was an excellent idea. Shout out to fucking Adam Silver, dog. Um, The footage would be filmed over the 97-98 season, which concluded with Jordan and the Bulls beating the Utah Jazz to become the six-time NBA champions. That footage would be locked up in a special part of the NBA's library in Secaucus, New Jersey. There would be there were no plans to actually make the docuseries until June 2016. 
The Cleveland Cavaliers had just knocked out the Golden State Warriors, one of the few dynasties that actually comes close to the 90s Bulls, in an NBA Finals that was so hard fought, LeBron James would go on to say, that one right there made me the greatest player of all time. Of course, the base raged on the, on the, in the never-ending Jordan versus LeBron argument. But with James' legacy growing immensely over the last decade, that 2016 NBA title, along with the proclamation that he is the best player of all time, was enough to pique Jordan's curiosity and greenlight the last dance. Perhaps the biggest factor in getting MJ to agree to the documentary was a heartfelt letter from the producer, Michael Tolan, who wrote, Dear Michael, every day kids come into my office wearing your shoes who've never seen you play. It's time. The Last Dance is sure to be a great history lesson for younger generations who have never actually seen Jordan play. The documentary will also stand as perhaps the biggest and best piece of evidence to reference in the eternal Warriors versus Bulls and Jordan versus LeBron debates. Yep. What do y'all think? Y'all think it's a possibility that, you know, because remember, LeBron really was on that huge, like, documentary tip. I don't know if you guys have seen more than an athlete. Mm-hmm. on ESPN Plus. Take some time to actually watch it. It's pretty good. It essentially talks about, like, LeBron's background, how he met all the guys in his, like, group and stuff like that and how they kind of came up to be. So it covers everything. Um, and it also covers, like, the three-game the three game comeback that they had um, to beat the Warriors. Right. So it's kind of like, damn, like, what if Jordan is like, all right, because he definitely says it in that, docu- in that docuseries. He's like, yeah, man. That right there made me feel like the greatest player of all time. Like, he's like, this solidified it for me. Like, who does that? Whatever. So it's like, I do feel like Jordan Greenlighted is for it to be like, you see, I never had to do that because I oh, always won. For, for sure. <laughs> and I also think that it's, it, if you think about it, this was originally supposed to get released in June when theoretically the Lakers are going to be, were supposed to be playing in the finals. That's theoretically what was supposed to be happening. So this right. would have been coinciding right along with LeBron and his his own little dream team that he's made. Um, That's facts. In the finals, I didn't even think about that. I didn't even think about that, but for sure, I mean, it's it's. The thing I love about this documentary, and that's why I say I don't think we'll ever see anything of its type again, is because it literally covers the team, all the ins and outs of the team. But what makes it cool is that the teammates know it's really about Jordan. Right. And they're okay with that. And they give up that props, which honestly for athletes to do, that's really tough. So I think that just shows you, I, I just think it just shows you the respect that he demands as as literally arguably the greatest player of all time. I agree. I think the, I think the only other one we may get, and I think if they do it, they need to wait, give it like 10 years. Just so it feels like like you get the feels from it, like you get the feels from this. Um, for Kobe Bryant, because uh, I, I feel like it's going to be unfortunate because he won't be there to do the interviews and, you know, to talk about his side of things. But, I mean, he's had so many interactions with so many players. And especially, you know, playing a lot in this era where everything was caught on tape, a lot of it. You know, I think that would be an incredible I mean, he already has a low key one with Spike Lee. I think it's called like Kobe Go to Work or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm saying like I'm saying like on this level where ESPN, Netflix, whoever is putting in all this effort into it to make it something like this, um, you know, to where it all culminates with you know his final game, you know, getting 60 points, 
you know, in his, in his final uh, NBA game and stuff like that. You know, you could you could tell that whole story over the course of you know whatever ten episodes and stuff. I think that'd be that'd be amazing. Right. I feel that. I fought with that. Sure. Yeah. But but no, man. Like honestly, like I didn't know how I would feel when I realized that this was a a Bulls doc technically, as opposed to a a Jordan doc. Um, I'm, I'm but glad. man, like, yeah, I'm super. I was super pleasantly surprised because I didn't know all the stuff going on behind the scenes with with Pippen. Um, that episode with Rodman was fire because that man was on another level, and you got to see like the respect MJ has uh, for for Rodman's game. Like, even though Rodman was like consistently out here fucking up, like off the court like that man was just a beast in the gym and on the court it really like, shows you how the 90s was just different they just handled shit differently to be honest it was different bro even their level of play bro like all this shit this little pussy footing around that these uh, NBA players do now bro like they would've got worked in the 90s you wanna know what's funny um it's how like people love skewing like numbers and stuff like that you know that it's actually not true that the fastest pace of basketball is now. It's just the highest scoring. It's just the highest scoring pace because oh, everybody can't be threes. Yeah, it can't be faster pace because all these fucking penalties, bro. Right. So what they what they said was that actually the fastest um, pace of basketball ever was like eighty seven or eighty eight, and oh, odd, oddly enough, um, if it's eighty seven. Jordan led the league in scoring with like the third most points of all time with 37.1. And if it is 88, I'm going to take some research to find out what it is. I know it's either 87 or 88. If it's 87, that's when the man averaged like 37, I think like 6 and 7 or something crazy like that. And then in 88, he was the MVP and the defensive um, player of the year. Same year as a shooting guard. Dude. As a shooting guard, and the man had like over thirty points, eight and eight, and like two steals. He was out. It was absolutely out of control. That's right. why I'm always like, bro, it, like I, you don't want to do the numbers. I was bro, like, I don't think, I don't think LeBron wins in that case. And and even that, you look at somebody like uh, Larry Bird, who's super religious, saying in this docu series, when I was watching him play, I wasn't watching a basketball player. I was watching God disguised as a basketball player like yo yeah. like that that tells you all you need to know right there no nah, that dog you can really just watch sure. michael play in that doc all the world it's so nice that they have all these like recordings because it's like you really just yeah. really cook like it's like bro i'm not seeing nobody in the league today do none of this that you're doing not well what's what's crazy is is that i think there's similarities though so i hate when people and, and I'm, I'm, I'm gonna say this now on on this on this podcast before but this is the first time I've, I've actually had the opportunity to say it because i hate i hate lebron stands i gotta be real and i don't like jordan stands either I, I just like being fair and honest people are like oh well jordan went up against postman i mean if you watch him play like there's no hands up they're not keeping up with him or whatever and i'm like well he could just be a generational athlete i watched footage of lebron it's the same thing there's only one player that I've seen realistically that stays in front of LeBron, keeps up with LeBron, and plays LeBron head up, and that's Kawhi Leonard. And Kawhi Leonard is a once-in-a-generation specimen his goddamn self because he's six foot eight with a seven foot three wingspan, so right. he can do that with these big ass massive hands. He, but oh. He's the only dude that you can realistically say can quote unquote stick LeBron, and LeBron still gives him buckets. Mm-hmm. 
Come on, man. Like, it's ridiculous. It was, like, if, if, if the argument's got to be fair on both sides. It was funny. I was listening to, to this one radio show, and they were talking about how, you know, the a, a big difference between Jordan and LeBron is, you know, when, when Jordan couldn't beat—I uh, forget what team out west. Um, I don't know if it was the— um, who was it? I don't know. One, one team that like bodied him or whatever, like Detroit Pistons. Detroit, yes, Detroit. Or Detroit. Yeah, yeah. Um, he he got in the gym, toned the fuck up, and went out and bodied them. He was like, when LeBron couldn't get past the Celtics, he took his talents to South Beach. Bitch. Like that's that's just the difference between the type of man you're talking about there. That's true like, too. The type but of I mean, also. That's true, and, and I mean for the for the record, even though Jordan doesn't strike me as the type of player that would leave, I did feel like LeBron wasn't really getting help out there in Cleveland like he was supposed to. I feel like players didn't want to go to Cleveland anyway, um, and I mean for what is worth, Jordan has some quality players around him, and I mean that argument dies when uh, LeBron leaves because LeBron has some quality teams around him too for mm-hmm. him to not be three and six all time in finals play. Agreed. I think LeBron, I feel like LeBron should be f- at least, at least like four and five, five and four, in my opinion. Yeah. So. LeBron should be what? Four and five or five and four. Yeah. I don't feel like those Heat teams should have lost the final series. They shouldn't have. And I feel like and I feel like although it sucks that Kyrie and Kevin Love got hurt that first Cleveland playoff run because they would have beat the Warriors teams too. So he could have easily been 6-3. and three. So not that it matters because he's not 6-0, and oh, but still, it would have been 6-3. and three. What, was your, what was your viewpoints on um, Last Dance, Dylan? I loved it. Loved every minute of that. Bit. I ain't, like I said, like Buddha said, I didn't, I didn't even know what I was going to expect. I thought it was going to be some like – Stupid ass, thirty for thirty ass, <laughs> little shit that wasn't gonna last that long. I didn't, I didn't anticipate it even being ten episodes. And then when I saw the first episode, I'm thinking like, there's not, what could you possibly talk about? You feel me? Like that we haven't seen already from like ESPN or Bleach or anything that's shown Jordan's greatness in the past. So for them to show like all these behind the scenes stuff. And be able to talk about them as they're happening. That's why I like I like being able to have documentaries where they have actual video. Mm-hmm. All these things are happening, you know, like day instead to- of just like still pictures. Exactly, <laughs> like they, like day to day shit they had going on. These, these they really had camera niggas with these dudes twenty four seven damn near like, damn. and they recorded everything like him with the Sniff Brothers, with Prince Daddy. Y'all saw, yep. y'all saw the little, the little blonde hair security. That dude got me laughing. That boy, time. hey. And he saw when he did the Jordan Shrug. the Jordan Shrug when he beat Jordan. <laughs> you feel me? And, um, no, nah, it was great to see. And, like I said, the watching Jordan play for people that, like, for me being somebody that never really got to watch a lot of a lot of games from Jordan like that until, like, unless it was, like, rewatches. Like, I never watched Jordan games for real growing up because, bitch, I was born in 93, like, a bit. And right. I, think I didn't get to the States till 01. So I was definitely, wa- I wasn't watching Jordan until I got here and people was telling me about So you lived through highlights, basically. Yeah, I lived through highlights of Jordan. So watching yeah. this documentary, I'm like, yo, this man is cooking, y'all. Like, everybody. Like, 
No one yes. in the league today is doing like like if Jordan is Jordan of then right now, he's killing everybody again. Facts. In my no, opinion. I, I completely agree. Like he's dunking on LeBron. He's like he's doing what these dudes aren't doing. Like he's gonna be well, and, and he's gonna call you a bitch after. Yeah, like this dude was a savage. Like a pure savage. Like <laughs> it wasn't fair. And he was dunking on your favorite player. He's ducking on your favorite player with no remorse and no any and he's on his teammates' ass. And I love the Rodman piece. I hate how they did Pippin ass. I didn't know about it. I didn't there's so much you didn't know about it. I, and and I, I hate how they did Pippin. I hate his I hate Jerry Krause. Even though he did a great job yeah. with that team. Jerry Krause reminds me of me when I play mad. <laughs> get him all out of here. I get care. niggas up out of there. Like you oh you're not resigning, not interested? Oh, you traded. But clean, so it's like, but uh, it was a great doc, and I love the, I love how they break it, they broke it down episode by episode, and I'm looking forward to to these to these last four episodes. So, right. um, go ahead, Buddha, my bad. Uh, I just had three uh, quick takeaways. Um, one, I love the little nuances they did um, with the first couple episodes when they would introduce people that were talking about it and what the relevancy was to the documentary so like barack obama it wasn't former president it was former chicago uh resident you know and um with uh bill clinton it was like uh governor of arkansas or something like that that had to do with something college related which is why he was in there talking about it so i, I like little shit like that was dope um i too i didn't realize how widely hated isaiah thomas was um <laughs> i did not realize that and um the the third thing was i don't think that michael jordan had a gambling addiction um, i think i think well not only that i think he had a competition addiction oh yeah he even yeah he definitely said that too so so like I, I think yeah so he can't play everybody in sports so what's another way he can win i'm gonna take your money i'm gonna take your money just to say that i want a dollar just so i have your dollar in my pocket like that's that's man man bought scotty pippen some golf clubs just so he could Whoop his just ass so he and, could beat him. Just so he could beat him and take his bread. Yeah, but not. I mean, I mean, I, that, I the, don't the, think... the documentary really do show you like that. You know, once you start winning, people are gonna find reasons to hate you. Oh, absolutely. And, it's, and that's all it really becomes at the end of the day. It's like it's just like it's just to get out of sport for a second. It's just like Barack Obama and his wife. You know, you love him, you love him, and then all of a sudden he's doing so good, and you don't want him to do so good. Now I'm gonna I'm find something to attack, and they started attacking his wife because they ain't got nothing else to do. You feel me? The same thing with Michael Jordan. He's, you're doing good, you're doing good. We like you that you're doing good, but now you're doing too good. So now that you're doing too good, we gotta find something to talk shit about because you can't be this perfect person. So I feel as though yeah, that's true. Um, it's not just that either. I think that when you're in the limelight. I don't think that people can take into context that sometimes you just want to be you. I felt like, you know, a lot of people had this expectations for Michael Jordan to be this like uh, social justice warrior. And he didn't want to be. He just wanted to play basketball. So when he didn't support that, when he didn't support the candidate in South in North Carolina publicly, people got mad at him, not realizing that this man gave him a really good contribution for him to run his race. And that's still effective like Jordan has people don't even understand how many low-key things Jordan has done people don't know that he's made like um I know in Charlotte he created a health center for like the underserving community over there 
Um, he has also supported a lot of causes financially. He just doesn't feel like he, he is just not in him to have much of a say when it comes to racial matters. But that doesn't mean that he didn't support it or he didn't see it. I mean, the man was was born in 1963 in Brooklyn, New York, and moved to North Carolina at two. So this man was being raised in the South in the er, in the 60s, right after they passed the Civil Rights Bill. So I'm pretty sure Jordan saw his fair share of racism. I'm pretty positive of that. So, you know, that kind of aggravated me a little bit that when they went through that, you know, a lot of people were kind of jumping down his throat for it because of a decision that he decided to make. Most of those people who are talking trash about Jordan, they're not social justice warriors. They got themselves. So it's just interesting to see how, like, you know, the limelight can kind of change that. Uh, I wanted to share with you guys a, a funny little anecdote real quick. Um, Dylan, was it you that mentioned the, uh, the bodyguard? What bodyguard? The bodyguard that was shrugging his shoulders? The security guard, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Look, Prince, okay. Prince Daddy? So, so, um, his name is John Michael Wozniak. Um, rest in peace. He passed away in January. But, um, I just wanted to read a story for you. So, this article, another article. You know I love articles. Michael Jordan had extraordinary had an extraordinary swagger on a basketball court, on the court, around his teammates, and even after his career. He was always confident in himself. Even his bodyguard, John Wozniak, had a cool story. It was recently told by the Athletics' Matt Fortuna. John Michael Wozniak was a decorated Chicago narcotics officer who worked security at the old Chicago Stadium. Jordan developed an affinity for him early in his career when, while parking Jordan's SUV, Wozniak accidentally shattered the back windshield after failing to account for the spare tire hanging on the vehicle's on the vehicle's rear. Wozniak apologized to Jordan for the damage, telling him that he had a newborn at home but would pay for the repairs upon receiving his next paycheck. Jordan appreciated the honesty and made special requests for Wozniak's presence afterward. Michael appreciated excellence in whatever it is that you did, Nikolai Stikolai said, which is the son of Wozniak. He was a hell of a cop and a hell of a dad. He was hard as shit on us, but would be humble enough to tell us, hey, I was wrong there, or would say, I'm sorry, I love you. He could be the most tender guy, and then would just put the fear of God in us. Wozniak was a young buck of a group of narcotics officers who ended up working security for Jordan that included Gus Lett and Clarence Travis, both of whom have since passed. Travis is Nikolai's godfather, and Nikolai's middle name is Travis. So John Wozniak, had his nickname was Hollywood and he had two Michael Jordan tats, one of which was the jump man symbol. Nice. Yeah. So that 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 was cool. The I fact like that. that they had that footage of him and they kinda of allowed for that background, that's fucking dope. I like that shit. Bro, they've done yeah, such man. a good job. I'm really looking forward to these last four episodes. Like they They've not. They literally have knocked this out of the park. Every single episode, I'm like, "Yo, that was great." I be telling people, bro, documentaries are the shit, man. If, if done right, documentary. Yeah, if done right, yeah. they are they are awesome. Uh, and I think it's just dope that like anybody can really watch us, even if you're not a big basketball fan. You know, women can get into this. Like, it's just like it's just a great story in general. It is. It really is. It's fucking awesome. So yeah, man. So I mean, is that is there is there anything else left for us to cover in in, in the sport world? No, I, th I think that's it. All right, bet. So we're doing underrated bars of fame. I'm not gonna lie to you. I listened to this song the other day, and I was like, damn, both of them were in their bag. I was like, I gotta do this song 
I'm pretty sure I've done this song, but it's been so long and it's been so many seasons that it doesn't even matter. I'm going to run it back because both of them were in there bagging this song. And I got to do uh, Joel Santana and Chris Brown back to the crib. I'm sorry, bro. I'm, I know I've done it before, yeah, but I don't have, even much care. You absolutely have done it. <laughs> I, don't even, I don't even much care. Like, they were, listen, Joel Santana is so underrated. I, I just got to run this back. Do you, bro? I just do, bro. Do you? I'm sorry, bro. I'm sorry, dog. It's underrated bars of fame. First and foremost, I just wanted to say, too, what's really cool is, is that the beat for this song was created by Polo to Don, and Polo to Don created this beat and Love in This Club on the same application that we used to edit our show. Nice. Yes. So shout out to Polo to Don. Um, Shorty says she's really feeling me like, yeah, oh yeah. Shorty says she wants to roll with me. I said, yeah, oh yeah. She don't know that we going back to the crib. She knows that I'm on her. She don't know that we going back to the crib. Back to the crib, yeah. She want to roll with me. She want to go with me. But she don't know I'm trying to take her back home with me. I told her I have a seat in my ride. She said I look like I taste good and she want to eat me alive. She looking good in them new tall heels. I'm looking at her like a four-course meal. Chill. I got all the girls checking me. They know I'm a dog, but they love my pedigree. Yeah, just call me Mr. Orgasm, and if you come with me, I guarantee you gonna have one. Hottest in the hood, freshest on the block. Why stop on this Gucci and this Louis that I rock? If not, I stay polo down to the socks, rings, chain, and watch worth more than Fort Knox. Temporary plate on the Audi R8. Diamonds match what I'm wearing. She can't stop staring. Shardy said she really feeling me like, yeah. Oh, yeah. Shardy said she want to roll with me. I said, yeah. Oh, yeah. She don't know that we're going back to the crib. She know that I'm on her. She don't know that we are going back to the crib. Back to the crib, yeah. Runway walk, beauty queen face, video body, see the curves in her shape. And everything her mama gave her, she know how to shake. Thicker than a milkshake, and I'm trying to get a taste. Her hair did manicure, pedicure, attitude like Vivica. When she played, they set it off. She feeling my swag. She feeling my G. Not only is she dancing, she feeling on me, and I'm feeling you too. So I put my hands on her just to let her know that the feeling's mutual. Little mama weekend birthday text. Yes, I said text, but I know you know what I really meant. Sex. sex. He meant sex. Tell me what you will do. Tell me what you won't do. Tell me what you don't know how to do so I can show you. I'm going to give it to you. Give it to you like I owe you. And after I'm done, I'm going to tell you I told you. Shorty said she's really feeling me like, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Shorty said she want to roll with me. I said, yeah. Oh yeah. oh, yeah. She don't know that we going back to the crib. She knows that I'm on her. She don't know that she's going back to the crib. Back to the crib. You should know me. I can see myself in your future. That's hood. OG. I've made up my mind. I'm choosing you. Don't say you won't try to leave me. I'm feeling yeah. Vernon is waiting on us. Girl, meet me at the valet. Lamborghini Breezy, I'ma transform you. Name you Mrs. Breezy. Stunt so hard, but I make it look easy. Let's do it like we do it when we're doing it for TV. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Shawty said she's really feeling me. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. Shawty said she want to roll with me. I said, yeah. Oh, yeah. She don't know that we're going back to the crib. She knows that I'm on her. She don't know that we're going back to the crib. Back to the crib. Yeah. Joel Santana. 
featuring Chris Brown, Back to the Crib, Underrated Bars of Fame, Times Two, because it was in their bag in that song, it boy. Really that was my shit. That song is bag worthy. It don't get no love, but that song is fire. Them boys snap. They snap hard, bro. You want to know why I like it? Honestly, as far as like when I say it's underrated bars, because he's like the rhyme sequencing that he uses is like super complex. But when you listen to the song, it's like he's talking to you. Like he's just having a conversation. And while he's having while he's having a conversation, he's like rhyming at the same time. Mm-hmm. Temporary plays on the audio, especially when he says, um, I think he snaps when he does the um, freaking, uh, but I know you know what I really meant. Sex, tell me what you will do, tell me, tell me what, what you, you won't do, tell me, tell me what you don't know how to do, so I can show you. Bro, come on, dog. why do we sleep on you well so hard? Dog? God damn, huh? What are they doing anyway? I should just do like Joel Santana songs for the next three weeks. You already, we already did it, Joel Santana. We, our listen, we, listen, we're not done, bro. Listen, I, God damn, I was ah so mad, so upset. Now they need to stop trying, Joel, dog. Buddha, start the campaign. Hashtag stop trying, Joel. Sure. All right, bet that up, God damn it. Can you tell them how to reach us on email? Uh, ballsportspodcast at gmail.com. What about on Twitter? Balls underscore podcast. What about on Instagram? Balls underscore sports underscore podcast. What about Facebook? Ball Sports Podcast. What about on MySpace? Um, Ball Sports Podcast. What about on Instant Messenger? Uh, Ball Sports Podcast. And Black Planet? Uh, Ball Sports Podcast. There it is. And with that being said, we... Are done. You're extra. Yes, sir. (laughs) Jesus. What? We're done. Listen. Oh my God. We're done for how many times is this? The 139th? 138. The 138th time. We appreciate y'all for listening to us. Y'all could have been listening to any other sports podcast in the world, but you decided to listen to us and we really appreciate that. Just keep riding with us and we're going to keep giving you this bomb ass material to vibe to. With that being said, we're out of here. Yeah, bye. Silly milk. Y'all little scallywags.